Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress, Anya. And today, as you can see, I have John Richards with me. So it, it has been a little bit since yes. you've been on here. And, uh -huh. you know, it's also been uh, just over two months since I podcasted. And I decided I wanted you to be the first person that I podcasted with in the new year. Well, um, I'm completely honored by that. Thank you. <laughs> no problem i just i we've had like i think we're going into maybe fifth year now mm -hmm. of an online relationship and the the love um the mutual shared love of horror and i thought who else would i want to participate in the the rebranding of anya gore and john richards well there you go i appreciate that i mean it's it's awesome uh you, you've been a great friend over the past few years and uh and since we've last talked, you become a celebrity. I watched that short like twice when it first came out. That was wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. It, yeah. It's not done yet. You just wait. I know. I can't wait. I know. it's. It was such a struggle whether we should film it all at once or wait to release it until the second episode and the third episode and the fourth episode have been done. But it's really expensive. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I figured. Well, see, here's what I loved about it is that, you, that you're a very strong human being, you know, emotionally, physically, everything. But the vulnerability in that and and just that short was was fantastic. And I enjoyed it. So I watched it twice. So it, it showed that kind of vulnerability of Anya Gore. However, you know, it seems like it's leading up to something pretty uh, diabolical. Yes. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I have never acted like that in such a public setting before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, th th this wasn't just uh, a shoot that Melissa and I are doing. This involved a whole big production and camera crews. And, you know, we had two directors for that episode. And it, there was just so many people there. And I didn't, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to get into that vulnerable spot, but mm -hmm. I legitimately cried in those moments. And yeah. I, I was proud of myself. Honestly, I've never tapped into that like that before. Thank you. And there's one scene that really like jarred me. It was the, um, the curb scene, the animal. Right. I don't want to give it away if people haven't seen it, but yeah, that they, knowing you and you're vegan, correct? Yes. Okay, so like that to me was actually a very, I guess, powerful scene. Fun fact, and just so that nobody freaks out or anything like that, that was at one point a live animal. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? There's nothing, nobody, no a animals were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> <laughs> they were already dead. No, anything that was harmed in the making of this film was people's mental state. <laughs> yeah, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. That was fun though. It, it 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 was really it was a really really good cathartic experience, and I can't wait for the next one. So me either. I th I think a lot of your a lot of the people that follow you and your fans really want to see more. So oh, looking you. forward to it. Speaking of more, um, if you watch nerds and listeners don't know, John has such a wildly entertaining podcast i was three almost every single time i'm going out to meet melissa because it's mm -hmm. it's about a 45 minute to an hour long drive to meet her and sometimes that's a perfect amount 
to listen to a podcast. Absolutely. And the three of you together, but you and I have very, very similar, um, except for, I will say, the unnamed horror director that you and I do not share the mutual love of. And if anybody has no idea what I'm talking about, you're going to have to go back and find the episode where we talk about it. (laughs) We mentioned this individual in our podcast at least one time every single show. It's become our our like inside joke if anybody that listens to the show. If you don't hear that individual's name, it's just not our podcast. <laughs> the episode is not completed. <laughs> it's not. But yeah, we just everything, every episode um that I listen to you talk, I'm like, yep, I agree with exactly what John is saying. And it's 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 so fun. Um and I was honestly a little bit bummed that you hadn't watched Infinity Pool yet for us to discuss. But as you surprised me this morning, John has not seen until now the movie we are going to be reviewing today. Yeah, thanks for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> so before we jump there, I just want okay. you to talk a little bit about your podcast and let remind people if they should already be listening to the podcast. By the way, yeah, I agree. You should already be listening to the podcast. What's up with that? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, we appreciate everybody that does listen. We're called a cut above horror review. You can find us on all social medias and wherever you get your podcast. We're actually, I think it's 85 today on episode 85. We've been together for almost two years. Uh, it's just like Anya and I are, are you know, friends and, and lovers of horror movies. Uh, so are Jacqueline Heidelberg and myself. So we get along, we, we discuss a movie. It's more of a review show. I mean, you've got such a, a, a plethora of what you talk about on your show. Ours is strictly doing a review of a horror movie, you know, whether we liked it, what, whether we didn't like it, but um, yeah, we have, we have a lot of fun almost two years now and 85 episodes. It's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, we're celebrating Women in Horror Month this month, so uh, very proud of that. We did that last year, so it's uh, a lot of a, a, a lot of variety in the pool of women in horror directors, producers, actresses, whatever. I mean, there's so much, but I think we made more of a focus on the directors just because they don't get the highlights that they deserve. So they really don't, and there are some really strong movies out there done by women. Yep, I I had never seen Tatan. I've heard a lot about it, but I believe we did that last February. And man, that that movie was bizarre, disturbing, but man, was it good. Was it a good movie? It's a wild ride for sure. You know, the only movie I would compare Infinity Pool would be to is that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard. I've heard some of those comparisons where it's just so bizarre and disturbing that you're just like whoa okay they did go there unfortunately see i think i'm gonna wait for the streaming and if the director's cut comes out because there's a lot more to it and i guess it just gets more brutal because they showed it at sundance and sundance had the nc-17 but when they released it to theaters they cut it so it's an r-rated now maybe a hard r i don't know well when it comes out i'll let you know because i saw it in the theater so i'll let you know what the the kind of difference is Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one for sure. It's, yeah, I, I feel about it the same way actually that that I did about Titan, 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 however you say it. Titan. Um, Titan. Um, <laughs> offending French and Quebecois people. Sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> My bad. Um, it, 
I went into it not really knowing what to expect. And like the, the writing was good. The cinematography was good. The performances were incredible. But I left there going, what? About both movies, right? And it just kind of sits with you and gets under your skin. And you're like, I don't know if I liked it. And I, I don't know. I didn't hate it, but I don't know if I liked it. Well, if we're doing that kind of comparison, I mean, and, and let's talk about Brighton Cronenberg, who directed uh, Possessor. I felt that like what you're just saying, that's exactly how I felt about Possessor until I let it really sink in and I was able to chew on it a little bit. It really it, it gave me a lot of appreciation of that movie, whereas in Titan, I actually just ha had a real connection to it. As disturbed as I was by a lot of the stuff in the movie, it was just like, wow, this was this was pretty amazing yeah well i mean gutsy right oh yeah yeah i love what directors are doing now and they're not just rehashing all this same old shit that that they've had before you know it's just you hear that david gordon green's doing the exorcist yeah doing it as a trilogy trilogy again and why are you rehashing all this stuff man that you you made a boatload of money with halloween you just go to the well one too many times and you're gonna get you're gonna drown i think I I agree with you. <laughs> but we're not actually talking about no, no. we're not actually talking about any other movie today than Lamb. And yeah. you know, when John and I were tossing around kind of ideas about what movie we were gonna talk about, I I just assumed you had seen this. And mm. I am it's a, yeah, I I'm an A24 fan, but this one just kind of flew under the radar for me. It just, it, it didn't catch my fancy because I did see the, the trailer one time and it was, a, it was an interesting trailer because it was like just beautifully shot, but it just really didn't catch my eye until you said, Hey, let's discuss this one. And I'm like, okay, time to watch it. Not that I was trying to avoid it or anything, but I just, you know, there were other things I was doing. So I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. It's a, a different one. Not, <laughs> i'll say this i didn't hate it no no that's good that's a yeah, good yeah. that's a good way to start then 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 john's quick summary i did not hate this movie <laughs> i didn't hate the movie <laughs> um for anyone watching or listening to this now if you have not seen 2022's lamb you want to pause this you i think you need to go and see this film um John will say, you may not hate it. <laughs> and then come back and listen to us as we discuss what might be two different versions of what we think about this movie. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we didn't talk about it. I'm glad we didn't say, well, I didn't ask you, hey, what'd you think? Or you asked me the same. I'm, I'm very curious of where this conversation is going to go because I have my thoughts. And if I had to recommend this movie, yeah, I would. I would recommend people go see it. I do. Like I said, I didn't hate this movie at all. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to quickly give a, a brief um, summary of what the movie's about. Perfect. And this doesn't really give anything away in case anybody is listening. This is everything. This is just right off Rotten Tomatoes. A childless couple in rural, rural, I always struggle with that one. So do I. In rural, rural Iceland. Rural. 
and make an alarming discovery one day in their sheep barn. They soon face the consequences of defying the will of nature in this dark and atmospheric folktale. The striking debut feature from Vladimir Johansson. Wow, you pronounced it right. Like none of these names I could pronounce it. Like Neoma Pace, I knew from Girl with, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. So Numi, Numi, Numi Rapace, Rapace. Rapace. I know for a long time I thought it was Naomi or Nuami or something, but no, no, it's Numi as far as I know. But the other people, I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt it because we're going to butcher it. <laughs> exactly. I can't even pronounce their names like their character names. Uh, Peter <laughs> Peter. I, Peter? I don't know. I don't... And don't even ask me to ask or try the husband's name. I know Maria. That was pretty easy. Ingvar. In Ingvar is, is his. Ingvar. Ingvar. All right. Maria All right, Ingvar Ada, or Ada, as we pronounce it, and then Peter. Peter. <laughs> I don't My know. My name's Peter. Well, I think of I think of the way Bjork talks, because Bjork's Icelandic, right? Yeah, yeah. And so she would say Peter with the, with the way that she, her accent is, right? Yeah, exactly. I would think so. <laughs> I did watch that Dancer in the Dark recently. That is a depressing-ass movie. Oof. Yeah, it's, it, that's a heavy movie. Yeah. 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 But Bjork's so fucking awesome. I'm a big Bjork fan. So, let oh you already gave the synopsis uh did we give the spoiler alert yep okay so just so everybody knows i had asked john to have four things in mind when watching mm -hmm. this today and i had to go back and rewatch it because i was like i can't even answer these i have to i have to figure out exactly what it is that that you know my answers to these um but before I ask you all those questions, what did you feel upon entering this movie? Uh, you know, I, I think it's a your quintessential slow burn. Um, that that it's got this very very beautiful opening of horses running through the barren winter of Iceland, and you just don't know what's happening until you get to maybe it's fall or spring or something like that and then you get to meet this couple you know they they seem like a very happy couple that that are just doing farming growing potatoes and i don't know what they were i guess it was hay or something or wheat something like that they, they're, they're farmers and they raise these sheep or goats lambs. Is it goats or sheep lambs 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 that's right that's what i mean movie's called. Sheep. sheep yeah, yeah. <laughs> And rams. So, Wasn't there a few rams in there too? There were. Yeah, I guess that's the male mm -hmm. sheep, male version. But yeah. Anyways, uh, it just started off actually just caught my attention from the very beginning. I thought the acting was just spectacular. Um, I guess when I was younger, I, um, subtitles always threw me off. But I think more as I've, you know, expanded my palette of of horror movies is this really it told a beautiful story of a family that was grieving because they i'd assume that they lost multiple children because there, uh, there there was one point where where um maria was at a grave and there were three crosses there so i don't know what those were you know i, I wondered about that it's funny that you say that because i think as far as my understanding is it was one and her name was ada i made a note yeah. of that actually but that's even more twisted if they've lost more than one and they've all been named ada 
this yeah this movie took me in a couple of different directions of of could this a24 has been known to to really dive into really some dark shit and i think with this one they i don't know why and it bothered me that i even thought this was bestiality oh my god i so i think everybody goes there when you're first watching this like like how how did this child get concepted <laughs> or conceived i guess that's 100 percent. and and yeah the acting was so good that that when when ada was born they looked at each other with happiness did i read that wrong they they yeah. actually seemed very very happy like like hey our prayers have been answered and it was almost like Hey, husband, what were you doing with these sheep? (laughs) I know. Well, it's funny that you say that because the second time I watched it, I was watching her expression as she was looking at him when they birthed this. And if nobody knows what we're talking about and you haven't paused this to go watch the movie, then what we're talking about is one um, of the things that they do at this farm with these sheep is they, uh, I guess, breed them and they're they deliver these lambs and one of the lambs comes out with a human body and a lamb head and he delivers it they just stop and look at each other and this the first time around i remember thinking why is she looking at him in kind of this awkward way and then the second time around it was exactly like you said it felt relief and happiness Mm -hmm. whereas i was sitting there going if that was me the first thought i would have is what did you do (laughs) is as terrible as that is because you don't like why the ram man is not introduced until much later and so you don't all you know is that something has impregnated one of these sheep mm-hmm. with a half human. Mm-hmm. Where else would your mind go? <laughs> exactly. And and yeah, you talked about the writing. I thought the writing was great because it, the the story of the family was very easy to follow. You know, the brother has a crush on Maria and, you know, is really trying to hit on her. By the way, what a shitty thing to do. Oh my, you know, I you're down on your that, actually. Hold on, let me find it. Um... Where where is it? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, I just put discussion. Maria and Peter's relationship. <sighs> I, you know, the second watch, I kind of wondered if they had previously had a thing, or if she have had given him a reason to assume. Because upon when he first arrives, and after he has met Ada, and they are out um, at the truck, and she's giving him coffee. Mm-hmm. And he kind of makes a gesture. She stands back and and she says something along the lines of, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. Not like, no, or don't go there, or what are you doing? But it's an indication to me that something's already happened. She's like, we can't do this again. I kind of felt the same way. And it, it, it was surprising to me because I thought it was going to go in the direction at, at, towards the end of the movie. When they got in the car, they were just going to drive away and leave. But she drops him off at the bus stop and says, be on your way. She was very kind to him. I mean, just that not not mean, just there you go. Gave him a hug, waved by, and he was gone. 
Yeah, I was well, I was waiting for so many weird things to happen with that guy. I thought they were going to end up in bed together and then the husband was going to walk in on them. I thought he was going to kill Ada at that point. I mean, I think Oh, man, that that surprised me. That was actually a a nice little twist in in that part of the movie, because Peter goes to what's his name? Ingarg? Ingarg? Ingvar. Ingvar. So he goes to Ingvar. He goes, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then sure enough, later they're sleeping. He takes eight out, get ready to shoot her. And, you know, has this moment of, no, I can't do this. And ends up snuggling with her on the chair. I know that was very, very endearing. It's a, I found the whole movie that, that, that scene is a key example of the, the everything about this movie where you're watching it and you're kind of watching out of horror and almost disgust. And then these moments happen where you're like, oh, this is a lovely love story. Yeah, there's certain levels of sweetness to this movie, but it just is still so disturbing of, you know, the whole idea of this half lamb, half child. You know, and boy, she was a little sweetheart, you know, very energetic and would follow around and just had this cute little face. And then you're like, this is disturbing. Why? why, it's, why? it's so disturbing. <laughs> You and it, a part of your questions. Uh, the cinematography was beautiful. There, that it was flawless. I mean, the whole setup of being in Iceland and you know the different. It almost felt like it was two different seasons. Yes. Yeah. So, I... like maybe winter going into spring, but it just never felt warm. I mean, you saw a few signs of sunshine but it was mostly cloudy and it was never dark which is like like great movies like uh midsummer do where it's just it's more frightening in the daylight but they go to bed it's bright outside and cold everything it looked like they were constantly cold yeah like freezing drizzle and yeah there was snow in the mountains yeah but yeah it was beautifully shot You know, I felt, um, because you said you went into this movie thinking that it was a a nice, happy family and they were in love and things like that. I felt dread. And maybe it's because typically when Numi does a movie, it is not a happy movie. She is really well known for her dark choices. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went into it going, okay, yep. Like you said, this is an A24 movie that's going to be heavy. There's going to be a heavy topic and moment here. And um, I don't know. I feel like it's it kind of stays throughout the whole entire thing. Just this dread, this sadness. Yeah. It, that, it, I differ from that a little bit just because there was like, they were just trying to figure it out, trying to figure out this whole situation. And then, you know, it, I didn't get it till the very end. And then it was just like, Oh, because you feel you feel for both of those, uh, both individuals uh, about losing their daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, you just feel that you feel that that sense of sadness and 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 mourning that they go through throughout the movie. But there's a certain light that this goat child brings to them that it's just kind of like, OK, now there, there's some happiness here. There's a we're a family again. We get to do everything together, you know, with it. They're having dinner at the table and there's just this brightness about the family. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get that dread throughout the movie until the very end. And I went, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yep. Ram, man. You know, one of the things that I read, um, the ending, right, where he, Pete, 
no, not Peter. Ing Ingvar ends up dying in her arms and she's watching the Ram Man take away her daughter. And I had read that a lot of people thought that she kind of knew that, that this was a temporary, it was like a, like a, a, a summer fling where she knew that this wasn't going to last forever. And what's kind of twisted about that is if at the grave, there was actually three previous children and they're mm. all named Ada. That's really fucked up that she keeps yeah. like, and then what was it before? If it wasn't a lot, was it a half cat? half dog like was it some like how many mythical animals do they have out there exactly <laughs> the ram man it looked good i thought i thought the ram man actually would look pretty cool oh just the idea of that and what i my favorite thing so the the first question um that i had put to both of us was what did you prefer the most about this movie and my answer was like, what's your favorite thing about this movie, right? My answer is that it is subtle. Nothing is overexplained. You have no idea what's happened to the daughter, daughters prior to dying. You just, you don't know their history. We don't know where the Ram Man came from. Is he real? Is he folklore? Is this like, I loved that this movie does not do that. Yeah. Cause you see little glimpses. Um, uh, when when Peter's in the, laying on the couch out in the barn, he catches a glimpse of the Ram Man and disappears. So it's, so you get this kind of supernatural element. And I love when directors actually, when they take the shot of an eyeball and you see that thing that you need to see just so quaintly. Uh, they did that in the movie Smile, you know, where it's like you're looking at the eyeball and you see what's going on yeah. just through the reflection. Yeah. So they did that really well. I, I I thought this setup to the Ram Man was really good, but it just really, it really disturbed me. It wasn't scary. It just really disturbed me. I agree. But I thought the setup of that, that, that was my favorite part. That was your favorite thing about the movie? Yeah. Yeah. What did you find then the most shocking? Uh... The way they subtly showed the baby's leg, the human baby leg, like oh, when yeah. she was covering covering up the baby, and still holding the or, uh, the lamb, and you saw just the baby's leg, and I went, "Did I just fucking see that? <laughs> no idea." I guess uh, the second one would be the reveal the ram man shooting Ingvar, 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 Ingvar. <laughs> I'm going to call him you know, Iggy. The most shocking moment for me was when uh, Maria killed the mom. Oh. I did not like that. Did not sit well with me. Yeah, that bummed me out big time. Yeah. Like you you knew it. And I liked the tension it, that that whole scene was building up to, right? Because prior to that, Ada had left, found the mother, and they were out there. And then Maria just comes not unhinged necessarily because she's still timid and kind of quiet, but just the look in her eyes and she yells at her to go away. Mm -hmm. And then the mother, why would she go away? That's her, yeah. that, that's her child. Yep. Exactly. And like, no, I'm going to come out and shoot you because you're missing your child. And now this is my child. I've kidnapped your child and I'm going to shoot you and then drag your dead carcass body across mm -hmm. the land. Yeah, her her dealing with grief. Yeah, that's um, 
you know, she, she held onto it so tight that it was just like, she was willing to do anything when she seemed like a very level-headed individual, but you know, obviously that still really bothered her. Like there was a great scene where the husband's he's plowing something and he just gets emotional, which was a wonderful scene. He just, he breaks down and he's, yeah. he's just crying and he pushes it back down and then he goes back to work. Well, that that's one of the things that I found as well was a big theme is there's no, nothing over the top happens. There's no explosion of emotion. There's no explosion of really anything. Everything is just quietly simmering under the surface and it brings you up to this moment and then that's it. Just kind of slowly ends. Goodbye. Goodbye, Ada. And then it kicks you in the gut. Yeah. Like, whoa. Whoa. So then you you enjoy did you enjoy the ending? Did you like that he came back for Ada and took her and killed Ingvar? Is there a different you would have preferred? I don't think I would have changed the ending. I don't I don't know what to think about it. Um I I guess I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I like to reveal the Ram Man. But the way it was done, you know, it was like he got shot with his own gun and then just took Ava away. So I don't know. Maybe I gotta Maybe I have to chew on it a little bit more. I, I was okay with it, but it, it wasn't my favorite. Mm -hmm. I did very much like the interaction between he and uh, and Maria, where she just holds him tight and she grieves. And then, like, it's almost like a look of, I'm still grieving, but I let something go. Like, she, she, had, she had released, like, anything that was pent up inside of her. And holding on to, she's letting it go, even though she's still going to grieve that she's better, maybe that she's, she's going to be okay. I, yeah, I agree with you. I kind of got that sense where she was finally in a position where she kind of let, let all of the inner, um, I don't know. I don't want to say grief, but like the inner pent up kind of tightness like depression De or, yeah. or sadness. Sadness, yeah. And she she kind of like almost gave over to it, kind of like, this is my life now. Everything's mm -hmm. been taken away from me, but I yep. will I will continue. Mm -hmm. She and has to. She has to. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, oh, man. Yeah, that was heavy. What One thing I struggled with this movie, I really, really had to figure out was – who do you think the target audience is? Oh boy. Yeah, I read that and I don't know if it's really targeted towards anybody. I think I think it's for somebody that that enjoys um something different, something unique, mm. but interesting and and something that you really can think about for a long time. I would highly recommend if you're in a bad place or you are sad or depressed, don't watch this. I agree. <laughs> this is this is heavy. This is just like one of those things where it's it's probably going to hurt even more, but I think if you're in a good headspace and you want to try something different, you could do a lot worse. And I I mean that with the like best of intentions because I think A24 really did a, a fantastic job with this movie. It's just I think I need to sit with it a little bit longer. You know, maybe in another week, two weeks, I'm going to go back and watch this movie again if there's any. Because I think uh, the sign of a good movie 
or uh, an excellent movie is something that you can go back and watch and you miss little little uh, hints. There are movies out there where it's just like, we've got this big twist at the end. You don't need to watch it again. Oh, uh, God, we did a movie recently where it's just like, um, oh, God, I can't think of what it is. Uh, I'll think of that. But like, like a movie like Sixth Sense, right? You know what the ending is, but there's those little things that you can go back and watch and still get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I think I think you could still get some enjoyment out of this movie, although I wouldn't watch it a lot. It's not on my top of my list where I could watch it every week or maybe once a year I could maybe yeah. do that. Yeah. I know what you mean. I um I as I was watching this actually, um my 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 husband was there and he only saw bits and pieces of it but i asked him like who do you think would be into watching this kind of movie because it's not him <laughs> and he's like you know it's for it's an art piece for weird and twisted people who like weird and twisted things people who are into weird shit is how he said it i i i can agree with that a little bit but i also think it's just people that want want something different in their horror because mm -hmm. you know we all have our favorite kinds of horrors um you know you could watch a slasher movie just for the pure enjoyment of watching all the tropes that are being played out you know you could watch a movie like uh silence of the lambs where it's more psychological than anything else or you could watch a movie like this where it's so bizarre mm -hmm. but has so many um messages in it of of character building and and real life feelings that that you know i think it's for everybody but yeah i i think it's for a person to love this movie and put it at the top of their list yeah i think you got to be a little bit of a weirdo which is <laughs> what we all are we are we are it's true we're not popcorn movie watchers no not. Well, you can enjoy a popcorn movie or once in a while you know i've been trying recently to get into more popcorn movies i tried watching smile and it i couldn't do it I couldn't do it. I'm not a Oh, we got a difference of opinion on that. On Smile? Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, we did it on our show, and uh, I actually got quite a bit of enjoyment out of it. Okay. I haven't checked out that episode. I, I don't listen to your episodes until I've seen the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> go back and listen to that one. I'm curious what your what your thoughts would be on it. But... Yeah, I, I gave it a fairly positive review. Okay. You know what a popcorn movie to me that I really enjoyed and, and you're probably going to disagree with me on this is nope i love nope that's one of my I, I loved it too i i will not knock nope it's it not my favorite jordan peele movie but to me if if that if you had to identify a popcorn movie from jordan peele that's, that's it right there oh absolutely it's the most accessible of his three movies right I agree. agreed um, so some little facts I found out about this film that I thought were incredibly interesting is Numi really delivered two lambs on set. That was a real live birth. She did that for two of them. Oh, wow. The farmer was standing next to the camera, ready to jump in to assist if needed. That, that, that's actually pretty amazing. Just thinking about that because it didn't seem CGI or, or, you know, like a, a scene was folded in into that part but no I actually seem real seem practical I know and that's why I looked into it because I was like this just looks really real like how would they have achieved that and Numi uh actually grew up um so she's Swedish but she grew mm. up in Iceland 
and she grew up with sheeps and dogs. So this was not something she hadn't experienced before. That's cool. So she has that background in that. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, for I found out for Ada's character, they used lambs, children, and puppets to achieve Ada. Oh, cool. So they kind of was it CGI'd or it was parts of oh, okay. yeah okay because I, I could tell by the the way that the child was walking that it was a kid i mean i don't think you can mimic mimic that as an adult or a shorter adult mimic how to, how a kid walks just kind of innocently and kind of off balance yeah. do you have anything of how old was it was uh ava ada you know i don't I don't know if I had to guess she was probably three years old. That's what I thought. She, she like three or four, maybe because she, the drunken sailor walk. That's, that's the yeah. only thing that kind of, they usually get out of that by about two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, she's also a, a quarter lamb. So what that could have been delayed. Yeah, it's true. I did. I'm curious of what the time frame was like, for like what the movie was was it two years was it i looked it up and to me this did not make any sense but somebody said six months this all occurred within six months but there's no way because she was walking and doing more things than a six month old would do Um, i mean unless lambs do grow fast so maybe it was a sort of sped up version of that oh could be yeah i don't know that that, was that's interesting um yeah what else did i write here oh that's it those are all my my unknown fun facts so (laughs) not many but a few that's good i do think that the way that this movie was created was also uh really neat the director um so i assumed this was taken from folklore and it wasn't and what's really interesting is some of the reviewers that I've read have gotten into the folklore of it, but the director himself said, no, no, this is not folklore. This was an idea that came to me and he decided to write it all down and he went over to Numi's house and presented it to her and the two of them created this together. And it, I think I read it took them like almost 11 years or something for it to come to fruition. Like it was presented to her so long ago. And then somebody had said, well, this seems like it would be based on folklore because of the ram and stuff. And at one of the screenings, mm-hmm. the director's mother brought a journal that he had as a child and mm-hmm. he had written down the ram man and got into detail from one of his dreams about what the ram man was. And so she's like, see, it's not folklore. This is actually something that he he created in his mind that yeah that's its own for folklore within itself i mean that's that's fantastic i i think that's a very creative thing to do to be able to incorporate something that that you had a vision of as a child and put it into a full-length feature movie and make it good you know it didn't seem dumb i mean i thought to myself well if this is the direction it's going this is going to be stupid but it it wasn't. I mean, I, like for you, that was the most shocking thing. Is like, whoa, how about that? I know. I know. And I was just as, disturbed by it. As, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's nice. I, what I like to hear about things like that is as as a creator myself, you know, all all you ever think about are these massive Hollywood films where it's somebody's written it and then a director is hired on and then the people hire the actors that there's not a lot of creative input from the get go. But this one was not like that. This was a man who had a very specific vision and approached a woman that came from that lineage that also happens to be an incredible actress. Right. I love that. Well, that's creativity to its highest level. I mean, even a guy like Ari Aster, a movie like Hereditary, where he's going through so much, um, he just puts it on paper, but it's still taking an idea. But this is just like your most creative part of your brain going, well, what about this? And let's put this on paper and let's put this on film and let's make it good. So I know kudos to them. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. So what would you give this out of five stars? It could go higher, but I would actually probably give it a three. Okay. You know, with the strong recommend to go and see it, just be in a good headspace when you go do it. Or if you're weirdos like us, just go check it out for the hell of it. <laughs> I will say you had mentioned slow burn earlier. It is it is slower. I would say it's it's in the same realm as midsummer, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of it's not like Skinamarink. I still haven't watched that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yay or nay? Absolute nay. (laughs) Okay, I'll avoid it. I I kind of want I kind of want you to watch it so we can talk about it. But um the thing is, I, I do think with, with Skin and Marink, I put it in the same realm as this. It's it's you're taking this unique concept and you're you're making an idea come to fruition. And that's awesome. Kudos to you. You know, like that's great. I, I support anybody that wants to create and do something that means something important to them, but mm-hmm. do not present it to be something that's not. <laughs> when you present a film to be like the way that they presented Skinamarink, you you kind of almost feel like you're walking into it similar to like the Blair Witch, where you're like, oh, okay, like third person or first person perspective and there's going to be things happening and like, it's kind of creepy, like what's going to be happening? Yeah, no, literally nothing happens. There's shots of the wall for like five to six minutes without no- with with nothing happening. I'd rather watch paint dry. that's that's how it feels and you don't see anybody no faces the dialogue is incredibly minimal there's minutes where nothing nothing happens it is literally it sits there watching a tv and you hear a child giggle in the background and it's like while i can appreciate somebody going out and doing that and taking that huge risk it's almost like fuck you and your audacity (laughs) present to me that this is the longest most boring movie and then i'll go into it with a different idea in my mind well let me give you another non-suggestion here um joe bob was on this past weekend and uh, he showed a movie called necromantic i've heard heard of it it? i've heard of it i haven't seen it don't watch it don't watch it it's right, right around that area, the Swedish, Iceland, Sweden area, Sweden, I believe. Don't do it. I remember renting it from Blockbuster, right? And I must have been 12 years old, not knowing what I was getting into. And there's the very end scene is the only thing I remember about that movie. And it's brutal. It's just, it, it, it's, it's almost like um, you're just being voyeuristic. Ah. Um, 
you know, there was this whole story behind like punks around there just wanted to stick it to the man because they were in East Germany at the time and they were under this regime and they just wanted to make a movie that was offensive and, and gross and everything. And they did that. That's all it is. There's a lot of movies like that. I, I put those in the extreme horror, even yeah. though it's not necessarily extreme the whole time, what they're doing and the idea behind it is extreme horror. Yeah. Ugh, yeah I, I that's that movie still bugs me i was like i've seen this movie i think and then the very end happened and i go yep. i never want to see this movie again <laughs> oh boy well i give lamb um 4.25 out of five <laughs> that's a good score that's a good score yeah, like I said, if if I watch it again, I'm sure I'm going to get more enjoyment out of it. So it'll probably go up. But I I think just initially thinking about it and just watching it yesterday, it's like, yeah, three sounds good because it's better than average and a good recommend to go see. I will say that, yeah, like when I first watched it, it I wasn't sure. So when you're not sure and it kind of sticks with you and then you sit with it and and then when you're given the opportunity to watch it again, which I did because of this episode today, I was like, that increased my score because now that I went into it knowing the story, you you can watch it from a totally different lens. Right. And yeah, I just felt this movie had so many beautiful, amazing, strong components in it that the, the small things that didn't shine, it, it totally out was outshone by the positives and the... You're you're saying that this is the director's first movie? Oh, I don't know if it was his first movie. Hold on. I can tell you. Because if it was, I I would watch anything this guy puts out. That was that was a like a not necessarily a home run, but that was a nice uh nice first outing. Um from what I can see here, it yes, it is his first and only. Oh wow. And I'm curious what you think, what percentage did it get on Rotten Tomatoes? I think I saw this. It was really high. It was like 87% or something like that. 86%. Did you see yeah. what the audience score was? I don't think I looked at that. Ooh, what do you think it would be? I would I would actually say it's 50-50 on the audience. So I'm, I'm going to give it a 50, 50%. Ooh, close. 61. Oh, wow. So a little better than average. A little better. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't think this is a you know an every person movie. No, like I said, it you, you have to be one in a good headspace, two a horror fan, three looking for something different, or four just a weirdo. Yes, all. <laughs> yes, I will say as well that board horror, which I found out is actually a thing. That's what Skinnamarink is being called, board horror. Um, board horror. Board horror. It's beyond just slow burn. <laughs> slow burn usually ends with some kind of, you know, larger moment or a climax or something, right? It's all building up and then something pretty major happens. So this is, I guess, sort of that, that this is a slow burn. It's not a lot happens a until the end. And then, you know, the Ram Man comes and, like you said, kills him with his own shotgun and then leaves and that's the end of the movie so you have this nice climax but the board horror is just something i can't get on board with i'm i'm bored with that already i know well <laughs> i feel like david lynch would be or david even cronenberg they both would be considered board horror maybe lynch a little bit less but cronenberg right. 
wait, no, maybe. maybe I'm getting them mixed up. Which one's the body horror? Cronenberg, right? David Cronenberg, yeah. So, so David it might Lynch, be David Lynch. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> Think about Lynch's, he's always got that vivid imagery, you know, it's just very bright and just kind of disorient you, disorientates you a little bit of what you're seeing. Big time, big time. Well, thank you so much for joining you talking about Lamb today. And um do you have anything you want to share that's upcoming? Uh yeah, cut above horror review. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Uh we are doing episode 85 and women in horror month for the entire month of, of February. And today we're gonna do, I don't even want to pronounce her name. She's a French director, uh, Revenge. I watched that. Um, yeah, that, I got some thoughts for sure. That was fine watch. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I've watched some really kind of bizarre, disturbing things here in the past couple of days. So. <laughs> well, I'm I'm happy that I get to be part of that. The, the, oh yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Anna. Anya. <laughs> um yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I mean, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to watch Skin and Marine, but anytime you want to have me on and discuss horror movies, I'm here. 